Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. So we've been in a series called The Holy Spirit. (laughs) I mean, it's just what it is, the Holy Spirit. We're learning as we go. So basically today, let me tell you a story. When I was young and coming out of an injury in basketball and still in rebellion, I told the Lord I'd do whatever he wants me to do because literally my life changed. It transformed between my freshman and sophomore year in college. And the first job that opened up for me was I was the activities director for a children's home. And so in the process of doing this, it was the first assignment the Lord gave me. I got to meet some of the greatest kids in the world. And they literally radically transformed my life in the terms of how I see people. And there was this one little boy. His name was Johnny. Johnny had parents that he didn't get to see because they were in prison. They were picked up. And they were imprisoned, and he lived with his grandmother. And most of these kids, that was the case. The state had taken them away from their home because of an unsafe environment. And Johnny just became very close to me. And I just loved this little boy. So one day, I was talking about the Holy Spirit. And Johnny said, well, David, you know what I used to do? Whenever my grandmother would go to church... I would stay home sometimes, especially if I was sick. But he said, every time I would stick my head out the door and I'd say, hey, get me a spoonful of the Holy Spirit. And I said, well, Johnny, did it work? (laughs) He said, I don't think so, but I asked for it every time. If I could give every one of us a spoonful, I'd line you up in a heartbeat. I mean, it'd be a worse line than what you got at Disney. Believe me, I would line you up and give you a dose. But that's not how you get it. The number one question, how do you get the Holy Spirit? I hear you talking about it, but how do you get it? The number two question is, how do you get more of the Holy Spirit? I feel like I've got the Holy Spirit, but I I feel like I'm missing something. Okay, so remember those two questions. Let's start with the first one. How do I get the Holy Spirit? You ever heard the phrase baptized in the Holy Spirit? Or baptism of the Holy Spirit? It's a great biblical phrase, okay? Now, I'm going to be real honest. There are a lot of different opinions even in this room. I'm going to try to express what not necessarily is my denomination's opinion because I, I don't really consult with them to figure out what I'm supposed to say, I consult with one place, and that's this book. And I do my best to understand what does this book say. And so I'm going to share with you what I really believe the book says. There are people who told me, in fact, this one lady, I was her pastor in Texas. She said, you know, David, man, you're going to be so much better a preacher when you get baptized in the Spirit. And I'd look at her and say, I am. 
She goes, no, I, I'm waiting for the day when you get baptized in the Spirit. And so I looked at her one day and said, so how are you going to know? She goes, you're going to speak in tongues. I said, where did you get that? That's what my preacher told me when I was growing up. I said, well, no offense to your preacher, but you might want to read this book. And I said, I love the fact you're praying for that, and so why don't you just keep praying for that? There are people who believe you give your heart to Jesus as your Lord, and then you figure out, how do I get the Spirit? How am I baptized in the Spirit? Can I just tell you, straight up, the moment Jesus Christ walks in your life, you got thrown in the deep end of the Spirit. You got baptized in the Spirit. The word baptized is a word that means immersed, okay? So picture it like the deep end. <laughs> Jumping in the deep end. You just, it's, I mean, you were covered and immersed in the Spirit. And let me tell you why I believe that. There are seven times in the New Testament when that phrase, baptism of the Spirit, occurred. Seven times. I'm going to show you. I'm always visual. I'm trying to figure out how can I explain this best. And so what I want to do is create a little timeline here. Okay, this is when Jesus started his earthly ministry. And then that table, my table, is Pentecost when the Spirit fell. Every gospel writer spoke of it prophetically. And they were talking about Jesus is coming to baptize. I mean, literally, John the Baptist said, hey, my baptism is just water and it's for repentance, but the one who comes after me will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So every gospel writer was pointing to that day then, when Jesus was raised from the dead, and he's literally a day from being ascended back to the Father, he's with his disciples, and he says, hey, I want to tell you about something. There's a moment coming. I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And I want to show you that reference. It's in Acts. And he's teaching his disciples to get ready for something, and this is what he, this is what he was teaching. And while staying with them, he ordered them, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so if this table represents Pentecost, it was on this day those disciples were baptized with the Spirit. They were totally immersed. The Spirit fell, and the Spirit came upon them. Now, on this side, there are two references that point back to that moment, or to the moment that we receive His Spirit, okay? The first one, Simon Peter, is talking to the head, the heads of the church in Jerusalem. And he's trying to explain to them, hey, the Gentiles— they are being saved and receiving the Spirit just like we did. Because you can imagine when the Jews had that moment happen to them with Pentecost, 
they began going and spreading the gospel, and, and it was difficult for some of them to believe that God was going to include Gentiles in that. So Simon Peter was in Joppa. He was praying, and do you all remember that story of a vision he had where there was a sheet let down from heaven, had every kind of critter in it? And the Lord said, arise and eat, arise, kill, and eat. And Simon Peter goes, oh, no, 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 I would not eat of those unclean things. And you remember what the Lord taught him? Had to let him he had to see it three times. Had to let it down three times for him to get this. And the Lord said, don't ever call something unclean that I have made clean. Now, what was that vision about? That's cra- it's just a crazy dream. So I had a dream the other night that a guy was showing me a place to fish. And it was the greatest place, but there was a wire that separated us standing in the river from the fish. And so I was trying to figure out how to throw over it, how to throw through it. And about the time I'd thrown a couple of times, the game warden walked up. And she just looked at me and said, you're under arrest. And she tied my hands together with a zip tie to the fence. And then the next question, I do not understand. Rachel laughed. She said, what was that about? She looked at me and goes, Sir, what are your food preferences? Do you have any food allergies? <laughs> you know what I interpreted as? You're going to spend a little time away from here because you're going to jail. And we want to make sure we get the right food. Now, I'm not sure that's how jail works. I've never been there, but I doubt it. The point is, dreams and visions can be really crazy. But in Simon Peter's case, there was a point. Because the Lord was about to send him to a Gentile named Cornelius. And Peter didn't like Gentiles necessarily. A lot of Jews didn't. So the Lord was preparing him, don't you dare balk on me and not go to this Gentile's house. Because guess what? I'm going to do with that Gentile what I did for you and the Jews in Jerusalem. And so when you read the account in Acts 10, he goes to the house and it happens there just like it did the day in Jerusalem. So this is what he says to the leaders of the church in Jerusalem. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them. Now he's describing that moment with Cornelius. On, on them, just as on us. Who's us? The Jews. At the beginning, what's that mean? Pentecost, right there. And I said, I remembered, excuse me, the word of the Lord and how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And go on. If then God gave the same gift to them, what gift? The Spirit. As he gave to us, who were Jews, when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent and they glorified God, saying then to the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance that leads to to life. So in other words, he was trying to explain, just like we were baptized in the Spirit, so have the Gentiles been baptized when they believe. Now there's one more reference on this side of Pentecost, and it's looking back, but it's describing the reality today for us. This is Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. 
For in one spirit, we were all, every believer in here, every believer on this stream, we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greek, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So in other words, the moment you believed, you were immersed in the presence of Jesus, his Holy Spirit. The moment you believed, in fact, you could not even believe if it weren't for the Spirit drawing you. And so at the conversion, at conversion, you have been changed. Even Paul in one place in Acts 19, he asked some disciples that they called themselves disciples. He said, well, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And of course, the question he asked was, you're supposed to receive the Spirit when you believe. Did that not happen to you guys? So here's what I want you to walk away with. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit walks in. And he baptizes you, meaning he completely surrounds you and immerses you and fills you with his presence. The only places in Scripture where there are exceptions are the ones I've just described, like Acts 2, when Pentecost first happened, they had already believed. Acts chapter 8, where the Samaritans, they believed, and Pentecost came for them. I mean, the Holy Spirit fell on them. And then the Gentiles in Acts chapter 10. So do you see the, the pattern? Remember the last thing Jesus said? You're going to go and be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Jerusalem, Pentecost, where it first came, the Spirit came. Samaria, second place, that's where the Holy Spirit fell there. And then to the uttermost parts of the world, that's the Gentiles all around the world. So what I'm saying is there are verses that are trying to show us that God confirmed to the Jews and to the Gentiles alike and to every people group that his spirit was available to everyone who believes in the name of the Lord Jesus. So at conversion, you were immersed in the Holy Spirit. It is never commanded in the New Testament to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So why wouldn't it be commanded? What, do you have to be commanded to breathe? That's pretty natural, isn't it? It's natural when you believe in the Lord Jesus, you are totally filled with his presence and you are immersed. And you know what? It's never to be prayed for. There's never a case where Paul says or anyone says you need to pray for that. It happens when you believe. There's this great quote that is from an old classic theologian and I like it because it kind of helps me understand this principle like for us today. His name is Merrill Unger. It's what he said. The baptism of the Holy Spirit it's one of the most vital and important scriptural doctrines. The baptism is that divine operation of God's Spirit, which places the believer in Christ and in his mystical body, the church, which makes him one with all other believers in Christ. In other words, you weren't just baptized into Christ. You were baptized in the body of Christ. And it's because of that baptism of the Holy Spirit that when you become a Christian, you are automatically a part of the body. You are a part of his people. That's what makes us sons and daughters and now brothers and sisters. So 
How do you get the Spirit? You give your life to Jesus. It's not a spoonful. It's your whole life. And when you say yes to Jesus, something happens. In walks the presence of Jesus in the Holy Spirit, and your life is changed forever. That's how you get the Holy Spirit. Now, second question. So how do I get more? I've been saved. I gave my life to Christ, but I just feel like I'm missing something. I just feel like I, I need more of the Holy Spirit. Now, I, you don't have to raise your hand, but every one of us have struggled with this. Back to my friend Johnny. Johnny told me one time, he said, you know, and when I'm really bad, when I'm a really bad boy, and believe me, Johnny could be a really bad boy. He said, I lean out the door and I tell my grandma when she's headed to church, hey, get me two spoonfuls of the Holy Spirit. Well, let's just be honest. There's some of you need two spoonfuls. Well, some of you need a quart, but let's just start with a spoonful. Listen, what did we miss? Is, is it that I give my life to Christ, but then I don't feel that power? I mean, the Bible says the same Spirit who raised him from the dead now lives in us. Well, if that's the case, the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is in me. How come I can't get out of bed and get to church? Have you ever wondered that? Of course. What's the struggle? Here it is. Are you filled with His Spirit? Well, I've been baptized. No, I didn't say that. Are you filled with His Spirit? Is that something else? That's something else. And I can just tell you in, in a very quick way, the problem is not you need more of the Spirit. The problem is the Spirit needs more of you. That's the problem. And watch what the Word says. See, the Lord timed that perfectly. <laughs> Whatever fell could not have come at a better moment. So let's go to the place where Paul says, I want you to be filled with the Spirit. The only command related to the Holy Spirit, this is it. Be filled with the Spirit. Go in your Bible, if you've got your Bible, go to Ephesians chapter 5. If you don't, get your phone out or get uh, whatever. If you're streaming, you know, maybe you can do it on the laptop or whatever you're using. Look at Ephesians, Ephesians 5, verse 15 and 17. This is a fun verse because this is where Paul just makes it real practical. He says, I want you to know this is how it works, okay? Ephesians 5. I'm going to start reading in, in verse 15, because it kind of gives you a little of a background and, and helps you understand context. Verse 15, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. How many of you would agree that could have been written this morning? These are tough days. These are very difficult days. And what he's saying is you need the Spirit to know how to live in these days. You need the Spirit. Now, watch what he says beyond that. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Here's what God wants for you. If you walk up and ask me, well, you, I don't know what God's will is for my life. I'm going to give you what God's will is for your life right here, straight from his word. And do not get drunk with wine. That is the By the way, you can, you can, uh, you can substitute wine cooler. 
You can substitute just about everything out there. The point is not, well, it's just wine. No, it's Jack Daniels. It's whatever. Okay? Do not get drunk with whatever. That's debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit. Okay? And some of you already know the connection between being drunk under the influence of something and then being under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Then he goes on to say, addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody of the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wow. So according to this, it looks like that when I am filled with the Spirit, I'm going to honor people. I'm going to be thankful. <laughs> I'm going to worship. I'm going to make melody in my heart. I'm going to listen to praise music and sing, maybe audibly, maybe not. That's exactly what he's saying. So let's look at verse 18 because that's the key. It's in a tense called the present tense. What does that mean? Continual. So basically you could say, keep being filled with the Spirit. Every day of your life, keep being filled. You say, well, how is that possible? Because once you're filled, you're filled. No, Jesus said in John chapter 7, he said, whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. He didn't say out of his heart will be a drop or two. No, will flow rivers. What is that? That's the Spirit. And the constant, continual filling of the Spirit every day. And by the way, it's a passive voice. Voice is, is a way of saying active voice is when I hit the ball. Passive is when the ball hits me. All right? Just very simple. Passive voice. You don't do anything. You just receive it. You don't have to make up something. You don't have to be the one behind it or create something. No, no, no. Just receive it. Let the Spirit do what only the Spirit can do in you. And as He does, He begins to flow through you. And you know what's amazing? The result of the Spirit being in you and being in all of you is not you're going to speak in tongues. This would have been a great place to drop that. This would have been a great place to teach, well, if you have the Spirit, then you're going to speak in tongues. He didn't say that. Tongues are a gift. They still operate today. I do not believe they ceased. I believe there are people who have the gift of tongues, and I believe it is the most beautiful thing. I don't believe you're supposed to ask for it. I think the Lord determines who gets it and who doesn't. I have prayed with friends and pray often with friends who speak in tongues, and it's wonderful. But I don't look for tongues in your life to prove you are filled with the Spirit. I look for how. I look how do you treat your spouse? How do you treat one another? Are you thankful? Because if you go back and look at this text, it says that when you, and let me put it back up here, when we 
are spirit-filled, we're going to address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord in our heart. Now, notice it doesn't say with your voice. It says in your heart. Because some of you say, well, I, well, I can't sing. Trust me, he knows that. <laughs> he has heard you many times, and he's, he, he's aware. But in your heart, you know what this says? When you're filled with the Spirit, you're going to worship. You're going to find yourself singing on I-4. That has to be the Holy Spirit. And you're not singing just because the express lanes are open. You're singing because God is good. In other words, you're just singing. You're worshiping. That's a sign of being filled with the Spirit. You know what another sign is? Giving thanks always and for everything. Being grateful. Man, you show me somebody that whines and complains all the time. They're not filled with the Spirit. They're filled with them. And the reason you complain is because you didn't get what you wanted. And you don't think life is fair or somebody didn't treat you fairly. Look, it's not about you. It's about what God has done in you and for you. And so we give thanks to say, God, I'm just blessed. Thank you for allowing me even today. And you know what else? When you're filled with the Spirit, you're going to honor one another. Some of you wanted me to read on to the next verse where it tells the wives to submit to their husbands. I'm not about to go there today. (laughs) But I believe the word submit doesn't just apply to the women. That's what we want to do. Look, it applies to everyone submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. That means if I'm filled with the Spirit, I'm going to honor you out of my reverence for Jesus. Why? Because he made you. I mean, I like the t-shirts, Jesus loves you and I'm trying, but that's not the way I want to live my life. I, I want to honor you. And you know, it's real practical. How about when you go to the parking lot, submit to one another, let them go first, getting out of the parking lot. It's just so practical. A guy told me this morning, he stopped me. I was walking around in the 830 service and man, he grabbed me and he's a big guy, about my height. And he looked at me and he said, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is real, David. Everything you've said is right. I was in intensive care for seven days this week, and the Lord was with me every day. I just, I love that because this is not a theological discussion. This is life. This is God's gift to us. And so to be filled with the Spirit means that, man, Christ is going to come through me. And he's going to flow from me. And by the way, next week, we're going to look at the fruit of the Spirit. You know, we have a saying around here, and you'll hear it is, bump into a tree, and then you'll see what kind of fruit it has. Because whatever comes out, that's what kind of fruit. When you are filled with the Spirit, that means that it's, it's him. So, what does it mean to be filled? All right, let me tell you what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean I need more of the Holy Spirit. I know we sing songs that sound like we need more. And, and, and it's amazing how many songs are written from that perspective. But let, let me explain it to you this way. Being filled with the Spirit doesn't mean you need more of the Holy Spirit. It just means the Holy Spirit needs more of you. Can I explain it? The Holy Spirit is a person, right? We talked about that the first weekend. The Holy Spirit is a person. How is it then... If he's a person that he only gave you his arm when he walked in your life, he didn't. He gave you everything. 
The Holy Spirit is a person living in you. He's all there. It's just time you let him be who he is. It's time you let go and let the Spirit move. I, if, if this helps you, because I'm always looking for analogies to help me understand things. So I married my wife, Rachel, 43 years ago. Not today. This is not anniversary. But this week, we got a few days to go over to the beach, just the two of us. It's better today than it ever has been. I think about the joy of, of knowing her and the fun we had and just, just experiencing fun things together. I mean, I, I stepped on a manatee. How many times you get to do that? I mean, it's just, it's, it was awesome. So when I married her, did I get all of her? Uh, this is not a rhetorical question. Did I get all of her? Of course I did. When she walked down that aisle, it was all of her. It wasn't an arm or a leg. I'm not going to go any further with that than that. I got all of her. Every bit of her. But how is it that I'm learning things 43 years later because I'm getting to know her? What I want you to do is get to know the one who walked in your life when you gave your life to Jesus. The Holy Spirit came in. He, you got every bit of him. But now it's just so much fun to get to know him. And for those of us who've known him a long time, don't you think it's over? No, you're never, you never quit learning. I learned things about my wife the last few days. I didn't know. I mean, we sat and we talked and we laughed. And I just love the joy of getting to know somebody that's been in my life for all those years. I want you to know the one who walked into your life, he gave you everything. Now, the question is, have you given him everything? So in other words, the Holy Spirit filling my life is not about getting more of him. It's about him getting more of me. And let me show you how I know this is the meaning. This is so great. Paul, he, he must... He must have known I was going to be reading his letters because he gives me object lessons. Go back to the text, verse 18. And do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. What is the connection to being drunk with wine and being filled with the Spirit? Do you see what it is? Influence. Control. And if you're still not sure what I'm talking about, our police officers will help you understand what it means when you drive under the influence. You see, wine, being drunk with wine means that you're not in control. Wine is, or whatever. You're not in control. And Paul is saying, hey, just like that, the Holy Spirit ought to be in control. You're not in control. So really, we don't need more of the Spirit. We need less of us. And being under the control of the Spirit changes the way I live. It changes everything. And Paul just made it so simple. So what I would say this morning is, are you in control? Or is the Holy Spirit in control? Have you said to him, 
you can have it all. It's all yours. It's like somebody walking in your house that bought your house and you said, but you can't have the garage. No, no, they own the house. They get everything. We like to hold parts of our life back. Jesus didn't do that. When he died on the cross, it wasn't just one leg or one arm. It was everything. So whenever I'm filled with the Spirit, that means, Spirit, you do whatever. I am yours. You fill every part of me. And I'll close with this. Let me show you a picture of this. And I don't think anybody will forget it after you see this, because all of us are familiar with a birthday party or an anniversary where you need helium-filled balloons. Okay, the word fill is the word pleru, which means to completely fill something. Be filled with the Holy Spirit means he's filled you completely. So this balloon has helium. It is completely filled with helium. Okay, there was no way to just put a little helium in uh, and it not fill all the balloon. It filled the whole balloon. Now, I know you're thinking I'm going to suck it in and talk and make it. No, we're not doing that. I will leave those risks at your own discretion. I want you to watch this. This balloon wants to do what helium does, rise. Literally, it wants to do what helium does, rise. But the only reason it's not rising is not because it doesn't have enough helium. It's got all the helium it needs. It's because I've got control. Helium's not in control of the balloon right now. I'm in control. But if I release my control just for a minute, oh, it takes off. Some of us, when we gave our life to Christ and we were baptized in the Spirit, man, He filled us and, and we were so excited. And then a few days later, we grabbed a hole. And we did not allow the Holy Spirit to change us and do in us what He is supposed to do. And it's because we're holding on. So all I want to say to you today is let go. Just let go. Surrender. Because when you surrender, then helium gets to do what helium does. I mean, Jesus gets to do what Jesus does. He changes your life. And you begin to rise. And so I want you to watch this. Some of you are here. And there's just things you can't let go of. The places you don't want to give control to the Lord. And I'm sorry, but your balloon is never going to go as high as it was intended to go. You're never going to be at the level God wants you to be at. So when you're running around thinking it's a book you need to read or another tape you need to listen to or another podcast or another YouTuber, listen, can I just tell you, it might be you need to say, Jesus, I'm letting go. And let the Holy Spirit do what he does. And then this happens to your life. You began to rise and you live a life that is so different, so different. You don't need two spoonfuls today. You don't need a spoonful. You got all you need right now. Just let go. I want you to bow with me. I got to first ask you, have you ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And what I mean by that, have you ever said, Jesus, come in my life. I'm repenting of my sin. I've made a mess of my life. 
And I'm turning from that, and I'm turning to you, and I'm trusting you because you are the Messiah. You are the Christ. You died on a cross for my sin, and you were buried and raised from the dead, and I'm believing in you. I'm following you. That's the first step. In that moment, you will be baptized with His Spirit. And if you're on this stream and you've never done that or sitting in this room, can I just lead you in a simple prayer? And I want you to mean it from your heart. I believe he hears it because the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I want you to take control of my life. I believe you are the Christ. I believe you were buried after you died for my sin. And I believe you were raised from the dead. Jesus, I'm following you. And I believe anyone and everyone who prayed a prayer like that or similar in any way, he just did it. Hey, the Holy Spirit just walked in your life. Not part of him, all of him. Now, for those of us who'd already made that decision, can I ask you to let go of the balloon? Can I ask you to just let go? Is the Spirit free to do whatever He wants in your life? Does He have complete control of you? Don't be drunk with pride. Don't be drunk with an ego. Don't be drunk with all your plans and dreams. No. You be completely under the influence of Jesus Christ through His Spirit living in you. Lord, I just, I, I want to pray right now because I know how many times that we have let go and then we grab to hold again. And you know every one of us in this room, you know our marriages, you know our families, and you know if the balloon's not near as high as it should be. You know what we are like when nobody's watching. And so Jesus, I just want you to come. And I want you to help us let go. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.